Okay. Um, hello. This is Rob and Rich coming at hello. you again. Hope everyone's having a great day. Uh, this week we watched Alien 3, the classic, supposed to be ending film for a very up and down trilogy, we'll say. Um, <laughs> Mostly up until this. <laughs> it, it, yes, exactly. It was it was on a on a good climb, and then uh, yeah, we we hit some road bumps, and we're gonna go into that. Um, Alien 3 came out in 1992. Great year, 1992. Um, it was uh, directed by David Fincher, who we all know is a great director today. This was his first uh, major film. Uh, and we have a couple different writing credits on this, which we're going to go into a little bit here. Uh, Dan O'Brien, excuse me, not O'Brien, I'm thinking of potatoes. Uh, <laughs> Russell Schusset. Yeah, I know, you know what? I saw Schusset and I thought Russet. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, no, naturally. Exactly. <laughs> it's a quick leap. <laughs> um, uh, Vincent Ward was the primary story writer. Uh, David Geiler and Walter Hill and Larry Ferguson all worked on the screenplay. Um, which, you know, before we get too far into this, you know, this is it's a lot of different people working on this film. And a lot of different Yeah. This is one of the biggest plagues this movie faced. Uh, but you know, a lot of the people that worked on this film went on to do really incredible work later, which I think a lot of people that did work that didn't even make it in here still continue to do credit, good credit. There's treatments by at least three or four other very famous writers that did not make it, but aspects did make it into and weren't credited. Yeah, like William Gibson, uh, and I think. William Gibson's the most famous of them because his treatment was phenomenal. Ridley Scott uh, had a lot of like inputs, but a lot of that was like disregarded. His main input was uh, "Don't make this," but they <laughs> completely they did not take that advice. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we're anybody who's familiar with this film, and we're going to go into this quite a bit as we as we cover it. But uh, this film was plagued with problems from the start, literally from like the first day of production, uh, you know, people were backing out. Uh, they had trouble getting the cast all together. The studio had a bunch of problems. Uh, just, just getting the scripts finalized. I think they actually started shooting. It said, um, I read that, uh, before they even had like the final scenes of the film completed, they started shooting, which isn't completely unheard of. Uh, but you know, given the nature and popularity of the first two films, um, you know, think you think they'd really have their ducks in a row for this one? Not to mention again to be the dramatic conclusion. Yeah, um, and not to mention again that this is David Fincher, David Fincher's first outing, and that's like it's very uncommon for a first, like your directorial debut, to be like this much of a rush job from a major studio. Exactly, and, and you know, I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, I mean, again, anybody who knows this film knows that David Fincher disowned it. He, he like, oh, yeah. does not associate with this movie, and for a good reason. Um, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of accounts from, you know, like stagehands and the people that were working on the set of, you know, constant arguments with studio management and not being able to get all the ducks in a row with, with what the scene was supposed to be. Um, and, you know, conflicting instructions was, was pretty and, frustrating yeah. apparently the entire filming of this it's actually I'm, I'm really glad he continued making films because he made some of my favorite films but um, yeah. you know I mean this that could have been like the end to a career for it would have been understandable considering like how this turned out it's good that he persevered absolutely 
Uh, this film uh, stars, of, you could probably expect, Sigourney Weaver, who was in the previous two installments. Um, and the other two main supporting characters, uh, Charles Dutton and Charles Dance. Um, both with great performances. We're actually going to see that all the acting in this, I think, is is really great. Um, you know, I, for for what everyone was handed, um, they really they really made lemonade out of a couple of lemons here. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Which, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, it, it should be noted that Sigourney Weaver originally wanted nothing to do with this movie. Um, she actually like, tried to back out of it, uh, apparently a couple times, but they were able to convince her. Um, you know, a lot of different producers and folks came on top and said, hey, you know, like, this is, is going to be it. This is the last one. We're not doing it anymore. I think yeah. that's uh, partially what convinced her to do it. And some of the best treatments, like I was saying, actually didn't even, some of the best versions of this movie of what it was supposed to be actually didn't even involve her. Like, yeah. again, the William Gibson version, as I'm going to keep referencing to, because I'm in love with the idea of it, like, uh, actually involved more uh hicks and uh who else the it was supposed to be hicks and another character from aliens uh bishop oh yeah uh yeah it was supposed to involve yeah like the the android like it would be it'd be michael bean and uh lance henriksen landing on and having like a like a virus deal which way way more fascinating and again like this would be coming straight from the mind of like William Gibson one of the greatest like writers writers of the era and that was promptly discarded <laughs> yeah no, I, had, I had no idea um you know what though like and I think that they couldn't have stomped out that idea anymore with what the actual finished product was of this oh I know like <laughs> that that entire like brief screenplay was just more or less burned into the ground and, and scattered into the wind. It looks like like it, it was intentionally like symbolically killed even on screen, just by because the opening scene is an off-screen death for Michael Bean, like the oh. like Hicks is like for the character of Hicks, which absolute shame because again, definitely, definitely a loss there. Like Michael Bean was incredible in Aliens. Yeah, you know what? I'm trying to remember who who it was. Um, the good-looking dude, the guy from uh, yeah, no, Terminator. Yeah, no, no, not <laughs> not him. Uh, so somebody, somebody it was that that followed up like after they started filming, after they killed Hicks and Newt off, um, because they were fan favorites apparently from you know oh, from the second one. Um, I was barely alive when that movie came out, but uh, uh, you know apparently everybody was a big fan of them, and they were in the comics, and you know there was like this whole character exploration for for Hicks the character that a lot of people were really fond of. And I guess they just didn't want to use him in this film. <laughs> they uh, they were gonna find out, or they just kill him off, like literally in the first thirty seconds. Yeah, like, uh, which apparently the I most think he unceremonious. Sued the studio over that because <clears throat> no, he. Actually, I don't know if it was. Like, I don't know if it was sued, but he was vocally like he was on the record at conventions and plenty of stuff throughout the years saying he was just very, very. Like insult and disappointment with the treatment of his character, understandably yeah. so. Oh, of course, of course. Um, so let's uh, let's get into this. Let's start hashing this out. Um, this movie, you know, I think starts like a lot of movies from the early '90s with like this this kind of like flashy intro scene where it's like introducing what the previous installments were about, in, in a sense, and vaguely, extremely yeah, vaguely, in this case, um, how how this one's going to play out. 
But, you know, there's something I need to note, like, before we even get this started, that it bothered the hell out of me when I saw it. And I don't know if it bothered you, but whatever it says, like, the title, when it says, like, Alien 3, why why is the 3, like, like up the court, you know, like, uh, like it's an X-Men. Like cubed. Yeah, like, like, cubed. like Alien cubed, you know what I mean? Like, because that was a thing that a lot of people did in the 90s with movies, and I'm not sure why. Uh, it's to make it seem more mathy and futuristic, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. It's, it's really <laughs> frustrating because that means something. Like when you do that. A, <laughs> that yeah, I know. It's... Um, and it's I don't know. <clears throat> it's crazy. Um, so so we're going through this this interesting. It kind of shows there's the spaceship. It's out in space, and we see that Ripley's in like a their little little cryo tube um, as they're as they're traveling through space, and we kind of get flashes of. Like an alien bursting from from somewhere, right? It was like on board or something. Yeah, like the, uh, it, yeah, there was like it showed one of the eggs, like a face hugger egg. Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of kills everybody on the ship, and it's gonna squat a baby inside Ripley's face. So we don't know that yet. Remember, well, no, we, it, it, we're... <laughs> it insinuates it. It insinuates it. Actually, it insinuates. I'm pretty sure it insinuates that it's Newt. That's why she's so obsessed with doing the autopsy later. Like we don't know. Uh, I don't know, maybe I misread that then, because that's... Uh, I don't know. Uh, everybody looks the same in a cryotube, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. You know the saying. Everyone looks the same in a cryotube. <laughs> um, yeah, well, anyway, it's a very confusing intro, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and we get some shots of the world we're going to. Uh, Fury 161, um, which is the planet this takes place on. Which, and, you know, just a little factual, apparently it was originally supposed to take place on Earth. I read that somewhere. Oh. Like, okay. that was, like, the original intent, but then they scrapped that idea for whatever reason. Um, I guess maybe to add more tension. It should fit. It's like a smaller, that. isolated population. Yeah, I do have to that say, kind of plays I... Into the story as well, so. Yeah, I genuinely liked every external shot they had in this movie. Like, I really liked yeah. the art for... Fury One Six One and just everything they showed for the like exterior, like I, I thought that was really that was one of the like the the sparing highlights of this movie for me. I totally agree with you. I I really enjoyed like the environment it set in. Like it really sets like this dystopian world feel that we're going to uh, sort of explore here um, through throughout our cast. Um, you know, and I also think it's important to note that I don't think this movie, the way that it takes place, could have taken place on, like, a populated world or a totally barren world. You know what I mean? Like, it kind yeah, of no, it had sure. to be, like, perfect setting, so I, th I think that was a good choice by them. I think, the, you know, putting it on uh, on this planet, which we are going to find out, um, it's, it's like a prisoner colony, but it's also, like, a weird foundry, I think, where they're, like, yeah, they're... Yeah. Like essentially melting like scrap metals and stuff like that, and it's shipping. Yeah, a lead foundry. Yeah, mm -hmm. lead for some reason is really important in the future. <laughs> for Probably, whatever reason, if we're uh, going inferences here, I would assume because you know to basically to shield against solar radiation. If I was to make a guess, yeah, maybe like for spaceships know. and stuff. That's literally that's that's based on nothing. That's just a a guess. That's a very educated guess. I don't know if they actually well, mention the movie. I don't think they <laughs> no, do. No, I don't think they do. Like, um, they just kind of let it be like, it's like a 90s place, so it's yeah. a Sparks factory. <laughs> yeah, lots of Sparks, lots of steam. Which oh, I don't so think much steam. Any so regulations ever? No. Like well, 
It's like the best thing is like this is a, a all but abandoned factory or yeah. penal colony factory thing. Like everyone has basically left except for these stragglers. Yeah, which are also prisoners. Like somehow it's yes. like run yeah. by like a handful of prisoners and then like a few prison guards that are like kind of in charge. Very weird and, dynamic. I, I mean, I think yeah, if you absolutely. take it out of the context of this film, it doesn't make any sense. No. But, um, you know, <laughs> it, it barely it makes works. sense in the context. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it uh, it works uh, in this movie. Um, so so here we are. We, you know, we see the planet we're landing on. We see that uh, due to like a fire caused by like the alien attack on the spaceship, uh, there was, like, some acid drippage, you know, like the alien acid blood that they've had in the previous installments, um, somehow triggers some sort of electrical fire, and it causes the the little life support ship that Ripley and the rest of the crew are on to be uh, ejected, and it lands on this planet. Uh, like a nice crash landing, and of course, hey, something crash lands on your planet, you go and investigate. So a handful of prisoners go and investigate the ship. Oh, it's found by... Again, one, the venerable and amazing Charles Dance, but I have written here, it's more like Charles Saunter, am I right? Like, that's the <laughs> stroll, he just, like, saunters he does. up. He totally does. <laughs> um, no, yeah, uh, this is where we're introduced to our, uh, I, I guess, you know, I want to call him, like, the, the secondary character. He's not quite, like, a main, main character, in a sense. I think um, he's more likable in this movie than Ripley is, that's I, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> like, we're going to get into that, actually. He's by far my favorite character in this movie. seconded um but uh yeah charles dance uh the old highwood lannister here coming to the rescue um they start they start rooting through the ship and you see that like the ship's all sorts of messed up everybody's dead um but they find ripley of course and she seems to be okay um they remove her from the i guess the cryo tube you will and they take her back to their little prison colony um you know i i think something like there's like a great thing here once, like, Ripley comes to, she's got this, like, messed up, bloody eye. That oh, it's so, so creepy, and I love oh, it. Oh, God. Like, I don't know why, but, like, whoever made that choice to, to have her look like that is my hero. Um, and if they ever oh, hear this, I it hope bothered me so much. Um, you know, I think, like, right from the get-go, uh, Charles Dance's character is, like, really sympathetic and like thorough with everything he's doing and i just like i i really enjoy that like i think that like in the nature of these films and sort of like what this movie is his character is like sort of a rock that we're going to come back to a couple times Um, absolutely i i enjoy that um and you know like ripley comes to which he's all messed up and is kind of like figuring out where they're at and it's actually one of my my first big pet peeves of this movie is like everybody's lying or, like, withholding information, and I don't really understand why. Uh, it's to, to build... I don't, that's the thing. Even Charles Dance's character, I, I have written that here as well, that he's, like, being super coy, like, unnaturally coy for, like, the whole first part of the movie. He's, like, yeah. really playing whatever, like, minor information he may have close to the chest, like, yeah. to no avail, really. Well, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really understand it. Like, I don't know if maybe, like, it was edited out, which we're going to talk about how this film was edited yeah, later. Very uh, likely. Or, you know, like, what's going on here? But just Ripley and Dance's character, um, his character's name is uh, Clemens in the film. Uh, they, 
they just seem to be like withholding information and it doesn't really seem necessary like i know that she's landed on a strange planet maybe not sure who she can trust uh, but i feel like there's some really critical pieces of information she should be sharing uh in light of the previous two films where again people weren't very forthcoming with information and it led to the death of dozens of people everyone uh, involved and, yeah literally <laughs> everyone died um, and we're going to see that's a continuing theme into this movie. Uh, in fact, I actually wrote that down is my initial thought, like just watching this movie, that if people would have just said what was happening or like shared their information, 99% of the loss of life in this movie could have been avoided. In this series, yeah. in this entire series. Well, like, I don't want to speak for the previous films, but this film That's specifically, true, but this movie, yeah, absolutely. Even just like because they withheld information. Um, it's very strange uh, looking back at it, uh, especially in the, the society we live in today. <laughs> Ooh, scathing, sa- scathing social commentary there. Exactly. <laughs> the movie was ahead of its time. How about that? <laughs> um... So, so the movie continues on. Um, they they end up having uh, they get to you know pulling the other characters from from the spacecraft, notably Newt and Hicks, as you said. I think they say like Hicks is dead. Like they don't even show his body. They're just like oh, no, they give you like a throwaway there, and they yeah. have like the most overdramatic version of like Newt's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell tell us about Newt's autopsy here as we go into it. Oh God. Uh, well, first like she has to push for it and argues like. Some uncert, like for some, like a huge amount of time. But yeah. the thing with this scene is, one, despite being like a continuing theme, of this movie is like, I would say excessive and superfluous grossness. Like not even to like the benefit of like the style of the movie or anything. Just like unnecessary grossness. But what's funny is that this autopsy scene is a heavily edited one of the original like while still being pretty gross especially like in the director's cut where they have even more of it mm-hmm. it's still it's edited down from the original like five to seven minutes that was so graphic that it had multiple walk-offs of crew members and just <laughs> complaints of like everyone was getting sick like no one on the set could handle it like everyone was appalled except for charles dance who you can see being like cool as a cucumber just like staring down ripley the whole time like he doesn't care well yeah and i just want to add something here because something i read about this um uh that you know the primary characters in this scene uh are clemens and ripley um charles dance and sigourney weaver and we know from the previous film that like sigourney weaver's really really attached to Newt. like they are they are like tight-knit and there was a lot of criticism of her acting in this in this scene in which i think there's um you know, a, a big portion of that was that in the director's cut, which I watched because I couldn't find the original version to get. Uh, but you said you watched the original theatrical release, um, mm-hmm. whereas in the theatrical release, apparently, like they clipped away from Ripley, like for most of the scene, and like the scenes she was in, she's just like stone faced, like staring at, like, hmm. Yeah, yeah no, like, she like. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> in the director's cut, it was like much more emotional for Sigourney Weaver's character. And a lot yeah, of people she was criticized wincing her for that. Stuff, yeah. They were like, oh, man, she like totally hammed up that scene. But I think that, uh, you know, at least in the director's cut, I think she, she was great in it um, of sort of like that, that like, like holding it together because obviously she doesn't want to reveal, as we have already sort of disclosed, that she's like hiding things from Clemens. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like holding it in that like she's really emotional about this. And, yeah. And I, I, I because Weaver was great with that. 
it's easy to disguise those in the theatrical ones because this entire scene is like 80% Dutch angles, and I don't understand why. <laughs> like, that is weird, yeah. Yeah, it's there's so much like like excessive Dutch angles in this movie. It's like, uh, it's uh, again, it's like two thirds of this movie is done by like you know a burgeoning like emerging auteur, and one third's like a film school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so essentially, like parallel to this scene. Um, there's also like a group of dudes, uh, like some some real greaseball prisoners here, um, which and I think uh, some double Y chromos, which I still don't yeah, understand I don't, I don't know why entirely what that is. Like I don't know enough about the lore, I guess, but like and they don't really explore I, it. Like they call everybody like a double Y, and is that like why is that? I don't understand. Like I'm sure, like I'm I'm assuming that's explained further in like comics or books or something like that but they do not divulge it in the movie and it's just kind of like a confusing point that's never really revisited like i'm assuming what like super male like like extremely male like i don't understand yeah maybe it's in the comic i don't know but uh there's a couple dudes uh chopping up this uh i guess oxen like they have ox on this planet yeah that's like like, covered in lice yeah, oh, it's, work it's and, really and, creepy. and work and food. Yeah, like they have because that's how they drag the pot out. Is like they drag it out of the sea with like ropes and ox. Yeah, yeah, I remember that from the, the initial scene. But I guess I just don't understand the context of the ox on this planet of like all machinery and like leg forging. You know, like I, yeah, I, it's I, like I, a weird mix of like of agrarian and industrial. I'm not. I I don't know. <laughs> like we didn't cover this. Everybody's like like British. Yeah, no, except for the ones that aren't. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like, I, I don't really understand it. Like, why everyone Charles Dutton? Him. It's like everyone's British except for Charles Dutton, who's like Malcolm X for some reason. <laughs> we haven't, uh, yeah, we haven't caught up to his character yet. Has, has he entered yet? Yeah, actually, because before the autopsy scene, it was the like rumor oh, control yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they had this weird where you see the power structure, like, yeah, which, uh just goes a long way to introduce us to like the the power structure or again lack thereof in this case like the warden is not in control he's just basically a like a like a loudspeaker and Dutton's character uh is like the dude in charge clearly and it's just well he's like they're like weird church leader like they're religious yeah leader. yeah he's like and... they're like I don't really Church it. gang revolution, like they have like uh, it, it, it's like a combination of like he's. I, I'm assuming, and again, I'm pulling this out of nowhere, but I feel like they're like I want a combination of MLK and Professor and uh, Malcolm X, because like he does church stuff and like you know it black power like fists up at the like, same get time. Off their ass and like rise up, and be better than. His yeah, family. yeah, it's like yeah, it's uh, it's good. I and you know I I think that. Uh, maybe we'll explore this a little bit later, but um, the 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 Charles team here, Charles Dutton, Charles Dance, really great performances from both of them. In this movie. Absolutely, like they're uh, definitely like. See, you can tell how this movie could have gone without Ripley in it. Like, not saying she didn't do a decent job. She's the Gony Weaver. You know what I mean? Like, she's just she can't help but be at least marginally good in like whatever. But like, you can tell that this movie could have sustained itself without her just based on like again uh dance and dutton yeah, been a, <laughs> i would watch that show by the way like a buddy cop could you imagine a buddy cop show with charles dance charles dutton called dance and dutton 
<laughs> how do we how do we put that together? How do we get that going? How, I want to get them. I want to get in contact with them and pitch this. Uh, like, both have like recently wrapped up projects, so they're probably available. It seems like, like I'm sure they're. Well, they just started filming. Oh no, yeah, Tywin hasn't been on. I was just about to say they just finished Dead. filming Game of Thrones, but he hasn't been on for like three seasons. So. Yeah, way, to, way to be up to date there, Spud. Hey, listen. That's how powerful his 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 character is. That it stays with me. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, yeah. so continuing on, Alien 3, um, we, uh, we do the autopsy with Newt here, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of graphic, it's kind of gruesome, and we know that, that Dance was really opposed to it, he's like, oh, I don't want to do this, like, we can't do this, and they do it anyway. Um, yeah, it's against protocol or something. Yeah, shit. <laughs> because well, what we're revealing here is that Ripley believes that she may have been infected with an alien, right? Like, she's not sure and wants to check, so... They find out, what, did she drown or something like that? Did she, like, drown? Yeah, drowns in her own fluids. Yeah. Which, again, considering right. this is a 13-year-old girl that, like, we're watching get ripped apart with, like, Charles Dan oh, yeah, staring it's, her it's down. Like, it's just... <laughs> like, I get it. I get the context, but... From Game of Thrones. No, no even Game of... Uh, like, Game of Thrones, like, it still has a little more tact than that, even. And this is a show that showed, like like Rob Lannister's body being paraded around with his wolf's head sewn on. And I still think it has more tact in this movie. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, but uh, c- continuing on here, the you know, we see the warden's pretty frustrated about everything here, and he comes down and, like, flips out a little bit. Um, and they decide to have a funeral for, for the little girl and uh, for Hicks. Um, I don't know if they, they do a funeral for anybody else. Do they, do they do anybody else here? No, that's just the... Okay. Because, um, yeah, we find Bishop in a garbage pile later. Yeah, yeah, we haven't got the Bishop yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they end up having a funeral. They, they like, throw him in the fire or something. They like, throw him in a furnace or something. Yeah, like that. they fold, Yeah, it's like a forge smell yeah. thing, which, again, considering cool. the time. It seemed like if you had any kind of, like, sci-fi movie back then, people had to go into a forge for some reason. Like, yeah, yeah, like... Old industrial complexes were very popular, and I think there was, like, this inherent fear that, like, kids were going to, like, fall into these. Now, also, anybody who knows anything about, like, uh, you know, factory settings and, you know, producing raw materials, uh, you, you got to keep that shit clean. Uh, you can't really be, like, throwing <laughs> body parts and stuff in there. It could, it could really contaminate your final product. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know... Because I'm I'm not a metallurgist, but uh, I think that ooh metallurgist. Yeah, I don't actually know if that's the right term. Um, I think it is. I, but, I, it sounds good, so we're going with it. You know, I, I feel like if you were trying to produce like a high quality material here that was going to be used, I don't know, in like spacecraft construction, as you said. Um, yeah, you which would be pretty necessary. There, uh, but they seem to have no qualms about that, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Who knows. <laughs> Uh, simultaneously, as we're doing this, we see that, uh, there's a strung up ox, which I was sort of mentioning a moment ago. Uh, oh, so it's, gross. It's so gross. Like, I hate this thing. It's like, it's like what I'm afraid is happening, like, behind the scenes at, like, Burger Factory. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that that's, like, in the back of my mind always. Uh, but it's like Ugh. this rotten dead ox, and it's like covered in lice for some reason. I don't know. This planet apparently has everything on the planet is. It's just like I, it's it's lice and bug planet, yeah, and I like they, it's I beneath the surface everywhere. With like like a like a quick like one liner. So one of the guys is like, "Ah, oh, lice on everything here," and then they just they just leave it be. 
Uh, yeah, so like, shave your head. There's lice everywhere. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> she does. She's like, okay, we're doing that. It's very strange plot element. I don't really understand it. Um, a lot of things I it's don't understand. It's just to say how movie. gross it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there's no other. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't like have a vehicle. At least not that I'm aware of. Uh, if anybody knows about that, please uh, get in touch with me and explain it. <laughs> Um, so we see a, an alien burst from it, and as we know from the previous installments, uh, whatever the uh, the sort of carrier for for the little baby alien is, um, it, it sort of takes on those characteristics. Like the alien takes on like some of the mannerisms of that creature, which you know again is something I don't really understand uh, from the previous. Uh, that's yeah, that's it's not really. It's like a fun sci-fi fully explained. Element. Yeah, yeah, it, like they delve more into it than the mythos. Like later on with a lot of stuff. Really? And yeah, it's it's actually it's a pretty interesting aspect to it, and like they definitely delve into that. There's a lot of stuff weirdly that like happens here and is referenced later on, and more like when it gets into like newer recent ones, like Prometheus. Weirdly enough, references yeah. a lot of elements from this as well. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they they delve more into that into like the future, and even getting up to stuff like Alien versus Predator and the like, huh. which. We... <laughs> We're not going to go into that. Uh, yeah, no. But this, <laughs> but, like, yeah, the, yeah, this is this is a weird, interesting disparity too that we we had mentioned earlier. Since uh, since I watched both versions again in the theatrical, it is out of out of uh, out of the dog, out of um, one of the prisoners' dogs. So that every time you see the alien in the movie, it has mildly dog-like mannerisms in it. But again, the director's version that we both watched first, it comes again out of the ox. So it's a weird disparity there. Yeah, very, very. There's actually a reference to this later that we're going to get to about it potentially being a dog. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure how they, you know, cross that over. Like I don't, I don't really understand it. Um. So uh, continuing on here, um, we we have the funeral. We see the alien burst out, um, and the. Uh, Dylan's character, um, Charles Dutton, uh, character's name's Dylan, he starts going off about, like, death and making room for new life and gives this real, uh, you know, sort of like, like a funeral-ish speech. It's, it's kind of interesting, but it's, it's also, like, relative to, you know, like, what's going on in the film. So I think that was, that was a, a well-thought-out speech that they put in there. Um, any thoughts on that? I just, I tend to like basically everything he says in this movie, yeah. <laughs> like, except for one scene, and we'll get to it. One scene just does not, it seems, it sticks out like, like crazy, but we'll get to it later. Uh, but everything, pretty much everything he says has like a real gravitas. You could tell why he's like, you know, the boss man, like why yeah. he, people, like how people hang on his words and stuff like that. He has like a, like you can tell the influence he's exerted over this place with basically every speech he gives. Yeah, and, and again, like, I mean, his, he really sells it. Uh, Dutton's really great performance here. Um, Absolutely. After after the funeral here, we see uh, Ripley shaving her head, putting on the prison garb, and, you know, this is kind of controversial, I guess, in the film, because, uh, you know, the warden was like, keep her away from the prisoners, like, we don't need anybody trying anything. Um, you know, again, reiterating this, whole planet only has men on it um but they've all like taken a vow of celibacy uh as we we i think they hinted at earlier um but just reiterating again here 
Um, uh, you know, obviously Ripley, you know, you know, being the character she is, and from the previous installments, like we know she doesn't give a fuck. Um, so mm-hmm. she shakes her head and uh, you know puts on the prison garb and kind of joins the uh, the local population. Um, and kind of just like struts into lunch, like. This yeah. kind of like touched on something. I'm not sure what this how this prison's set up, but everybody just seems to be wandering around, and I guess it's because they can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's like a whole like, penal colony. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like there is a scene in between here, and I think it's when they're like outside. That just made me. Uh, it's like another like a minor exterior shot where there's like a lot of clutter and garbage, and it just made me like just made me think like Terry Gilliam probably hates this movie. Like. <laughs> Like, there's just some shots in there that are just like, oh, like, I can see where it's going for, and, like, it's not getting there. (laughs) But, yeah, no, her strutting into the, uh, the, the mess hall, if you will, like, like, she owns the place. Not good politics. (laughs) Yeah. As we will see. (laughs) No, I mean, uh... Everybody's kind of giving her the stink guy. I think that uh, a lot of the guys that, you know, previous like the rumors scene where the warden was trying to clear up any like sass talk amongst the population, a lot of people were like, oh man, I know what I'd do with her. Like a lot of like implied rapiness, which of course is creepy and weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> whole lot of it here. And considering that, that Ripley is the only female character in this film. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird that, uh, that, I don't want to get into it too much, but there's like a lot of like weird like rape horror films. Like that's like I mean, an that's and I know that that's like obviously like a really horrible, scary thing that happens to people, happens every day to people. Which is yeah, fucking crazy. the irony here, but yeah, that is um, the irony here is again that like the alien itself in the first movie is a rape metaphor, and it yeah. still like hits you over the head like with the like. It still seems too rapey in a movie where the monster is rape. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. But it's another it's like a recycled tactic that they used in previous films and, and in other films in general of this era and previous eras. Um uh, that I don't think it's adding anything. You know what I mean? Like I, I No, it's not like a new revelatory thing, you know, it's not like some great it's not statement. It's really like a plot device for this movie. Like that's not driving any character. It does kind of drive one scene a little bit later. But that scene in general is unnecessary, and I think they could have... And uncomfortable. It. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really awkward, and it doesn't really add to the story elements at all, so... It just, it's a, it seems like, that's like, you can tell, like, studio notes in this movie. It just, they, like, you can tell they came from some weird, coked-up, like, late 80s, early 90s studio exec. It's like, they're in a, he's in a, she's, they're in a prison, right? There's gotta be a rape scene. I mean, I guess it's because they're prisoners, and a lot of them are violent prisoners, whatever, but... Double-wide uh, chromos, man. No, you know how they think are. for a film that was like really progressive with like a female lead, they probably could have avoided that. But hey, this is America. Yeah, it seems superfluous. Yeah, it just. Uh, uh. So so we're continuing on. Uh, we get we get to this weird scene where there's a guy cleaning out an air duct, and he's uh, he's kind of like scrubbing it. I don't know. He has like a mop or something, and he's like he's like wiping stuff up, and he sees like a like a messed up hole in the ground and he yells like hey sparky like he's like calling a dog right so yeah and that's and the fun thing like is that exactly something that dog. didn't make it in the director like they have that scene in the director's cut but the dog is mostly cut out of 
the director's cut Very was strange. like a huge part in like even wrote it here because like on my first run through I was like what dog is he talking about yeah, yeah. and then theatrically like oh yeah that's like a whole different scene it's really weird it's like weirdly edited together I'm not sure who uh, who thought that was a good decision um, but uh, you know the guy ends up like getting spooked. Uh, the alien like doesn't like spit at him or something or like no it like it plunges the thing in his head basically oh, it takes yeah, out yeah, an yeah, eye yeah, and yeah. here's shoots the thing at his head. oddly enough here's another scene just like the autopsy that had like a longer cut and like made the crew sick like him ending up in that fan that he ends up irrevocably oh like God, or yeah. inevitably going into it turns out there was like a way worse cut of that where it just showed chunks and viscera like everywhere well, like, okay in the director's cut they're showing you this big fan spinning behind the guy and it's really heavily insinuating oh like, yeah going in this fan before the end of this that scene. is telegraphed that is like <laughs> um and and he gets chopped like it's overly gruesome first off i'm no expert on fan chops but <laughs> i feel like you don't explode when you hit it like, the guy no. literally, like, explodes, like a bomb went off inside of him, and it's, like, yeah. chunks everywhere. And that's like, the, the toned-down version, man. Like... covered in blood. Um, and, you know, and again, what was he even doing in there? I don't know. I guess cleaning uh, out... I, I said that, too. It's like, what is he scrubbing? It's just as dirt. Like, it doesn't... Like, I'm assuming, like, to get rid... Like, I'm assuming that's the filtration system, because that's, like, a key part of this whole... The whole set itself, like this yeah. whole facility, like the the ventilation system is like obviously like the the artery of this movie, if you will, and like, but it doesn't look like he's doing anything other than like moving forward the plot. I think that's yeah. the only thing he's there for. We're gonna we're gonna have a couple different scenes like that that are gonna be coming oh, up here yeah. shortly. And there's a whole lot of tubes in this movie. If you're a fan of yeah. tubes and like hallways. This, this is your yeah. film. You're gonna love this, this is the movie for you. Hallways and tubes and channels and like it, th- think, this this is this is the place for you. Well, I think this movie was originally like they used the set of what they thought the internet was in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> a lot of it tubes is. and hallways and like weird steam everywhere. It's a, it's a series of tubes. That's accurate. Yeah, something like that. This is the early days of the internet. You know, I mean, there, this was actually used uh, as a PSA, a promotional piece, for when Al Gore was developing the, legis- the legislation to develop the internet. There you go. Who knew? <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> uh, continuing on, um, after this dude gets blended up, um, it's really weird, and uh, we, we kind of just cut to the next scene, and um, like Ripley's like waking up. With Charles Dance's character. Oh, yeah, they uh, had that Clement. flirt flirt. So, like, yeah, is it, like, implied? Oh, they slept it, together, absolutely. Okay, is it, okay, see, like, I wasn't sure, and they, they don't, like, explicitly state it, so, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't really the sure irony like, here, what was going on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolute irony here, like, how coy and, like, like subtle they are with the idea of them sleeping together, but have no issue showing like rotting animals exploding and people being eviscerated. Like it's, it's it's stunning to me. Like you may have mistaken this scene for just a guy who like happened to walk in on somebody sleeping. and was like, Hey, good morning. Like, how you doing? Um, (laughs) But you know, I I think there's like an implication that they, uh, that they get the business. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. They had they had a, a a little like a wink and a nudge before that, and like they definitely slept together. Well, and they're they're heavily implying here again, which I, I like and I also agree with, is that like Clemens was like a good dude. He's like a solid good guy, but like Ripley continuously asks him like, "Why are you in here? What did you do?" And he's like, "I I can't say. Like I can't tell you." Uh, which he eventually does tell her, and we'll we'll get to that. But um, you know, like all this like secrecy between them, it's like. I, don't, I just don't understand it. And like when the big reveal happens, it's it's less dramatic than you think it is. Yeah, it's, it's like, like so really undramatic, and he's it's just being amazingly unrewarding. Yeah, it, I, I I honestly I remember thinking like because I couldn't remember it at all rewatching this. I'm like I feel like it's something really heavy, and I should have remembered it. And I yeah. when he says it, I'm like that's absurd. That's that yeah. shit happens like every here. Day. <laughs> yeah, like every day. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're continuing on, and after they have a little dialogue here, they kind of talk, and uh, Ripley wants to find out more. She wants to find out about like what happened with her her ship and and what was going on, and uh, she, you know she wants to to find uh, Bishop, the android from the computer, or yeah, from the computer from yeah. from the yeah. ship that uh, that crashed, because uh, Bishop should have been on board. We know Bishop from the previous movie. Um, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, he's Hell like yeah. A, a humanoid android, sort of like a C-3PO style character, except less. Yeah. Um, but she can't. It's not that smooth of a transition, is it? When she goes to get the remnants. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I I think that uh, you know she's like pulling some data from the spacecraft. Oh, like, she doesn't even get a it. chance to. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like it's kind of stupid. Um, before we even get to where she finds Bishop, um, like that. There's like no technology, like nobody can do anything. Like nobody knows how to do anything. Nobody has like a no, computer that I like review information. Like considering this is supposed to be like in the super future, I just I feel like that was poor planning on the writers because like literally right now I have a phone in my hand that could solve all the problems they have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, again, like you know, just lack of foresight. But it works uh, in the environment they're in, and I get that. I just yeah, it's like know. it's all very, very industrial. Like all of the, it's all very like, like early industrial. And again, like borderline agrarian with those oxen and stuff like that. Like, uh, but yeah, when she's uh, trying to go through the the wreckage and the garbage pile. She gets set upon. Fun fact, I like. There's two thoughts I have with this. One, like the way these guys look. This is literally like it occurred to me. Like basically romper stomper in space. Yes, like, yes it is. Like everyone's like, a skinhead, and like and everyone has the same jackets and like boots. Yeah, yeah, Which exactly. Which kind of are, I guess, they're part of like a weird cult, but yeah. Yeah, and they're all white except for like one other, like one other character and Dutton's character. Yeah. Uh, but no, fun fact, uh, I forget the actor's name. Let me actually pull that up now. But the guy with the teardrop tattoo, what I saw, I was like, oh, that's the guy in Fight Club that starts the, his name is Robert Paulson chant. You know, like the guy that becomes like the second in command of Project Mayhem. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, again, like I'm assuming, I'm, I like to think in my head, like my little like head cannon, basically, that that's where he met David Fincher and how he ended up on uh um, yeah, on I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. Um, I think you're talking about Christopher John Fields. Is that correct? I uh, let me, that sounds about right. Let me, let me I'm IMDb pull it up quick. here. Yes, you are correct. That is him. No, wait, no, I don't, I don't believe know, I think so. this is another character that also was in Fight Club. 
Yeah, he's also in Fight Club here. Yeah, that's crazy. How many of these guys were? I don't know. Fitz yeah, Chairman, like guys... carried this crew on for a few years afterwards. It's pretty great. It's worth looking into. I'm gonna have to do a little. Uh... Yeah, well, we'll figure it out later and maybe add. Yeah. Videos. But um, yeah, good good catch there. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, back to the obvious and, like, telegraph rape scene that, like, was really, really, really uncomfortable. Which I get that's the whole point of a rape scene, but, like, it's... I, I actually, I particularly hate the fact that, like, it takes, like, you know, big, strong man to help out Ripley, who has, like, destroyed aliens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Well, I mean, I mean uh, I get obviously the... she's, like, blindsided and she's carrying, like, Bishop on her shoulder. Like, she's got all this bullshit, mm-hmm. like, she's carrying. And, like, isn't really expecting it. Like, they, they kind of jump her. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. It's it's a weird scene. It's a really uncomfortable scene. But, uh, luckily, our uh, our boy Charles Dutton runs in. Dylan, the uh, the bat swinging. Does he have a bat or is it like a pipe or something? He whoops oh, his that's a pipe. ass. Like, yeah, the minute he... he comes in. He just starts, like, he, like, kills the guy, I think, doesn't he? Like, smash Yeah, because Rain, we don't see Reigns later on, but yeah. yeah. Oh, and that, uh, it's Holt McCallie. That's it. McAlaney. McAnally. I can't say his name. That's the guy's name. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, he. I'm pretty sure he kills him. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of implied. You don't see it, which, again, weird that you see every other gruesome detail in this movie, but uh, you don't see this murder scene. Yeah, um, which maybe it's more powerful that way. I don't know. I I kind of like this, the the ending to this portion where uh, yeah. Dylan's just kind of like standing and he's like yelling at everybody else. Everybody else just scatters because like they know they're fucked. Like yeah, like he kind of came in the room and he's like, all right, everybody like nothing to see here. Like get lost um, and murders this dude with a pipe, saving Ripley. Um, Let it know, be known. <laughs> prior to this this little engagement though, um, we have a little interaction with Bishop where. She like brings him back online. Oh, so like, gross! And can I just so yeah? Can we just talk gross. about how like gross Bishop is? He's like drippy, and his like oh, skin got peeled off, and he's like that's like, something all the androids have like this like white fluid. Like why is that? Yeah. Like this like milk. It's like there's milk like leaking out of him. It's so Ugh. gross. Well, that always bothered me. Like in the first one with Ian Holmes character, yeah, like yeah. of it being like, like I remember being a kid being like, Oh, why is it milk? Like always having such a problem. And then it got worse with aliens. Cause it was like milk really and right. viscera. It was like, and there's actually a really cool new, uh, spot. That's a promotion, promotional spot for alien covenant that shows like how Walter, which is like the new David, which again has to be a reference to Walter Hill. Like, Again, writer for this and the original Alien and Aliens. Uh, but, like, the new version of David for Covenant, which is, you know, at this point still coming out, um, that shows, like, them making making these androids, these synthetics, and it's actually really fascinating, and it kind of shows, like, you know, the, the white, like, the very, like, you know, archety- like the, yeah, sort of like how it, how it forms like that, how it's used to form, like, you know, because the, they're androids. I mean, there's still genetic material yeah. and everything. So, but yeah, no, this scene is absolutely disgusting. It's like this is something that stayed with me. This is something like I remember about this movie, like years later. Like when I think this is one of the few shots that like stay with me from watching it when I was a kid, and I'm just being oh, like, oh, yeah. and it's so much worse. Like rewatching it now, like time healed that wound, and this reopened it right up. 
Um, so gross. Also, also like in a parallel scene for this, or actually I think it's previous to all this. Um, we see uh, uh, Clemens, Charles Dance's character, meets with the warden to you know kind of talk about like what's been going on. And the warden's obviously like jacked with him that he's like letting Ripley do all this stuff. He's like, we got to keep her under control. We can't like you know let something happen to her. Yada yada. Like really predictable conversation here. Um, and uh, you know the warden also insinuates to us, the viewer that uh, Clemens has a dark history, um, that, like, something happens, and, uh, you know, when's like, you wouldn't want her to find out about that. Again, sort of reinforcing this idea that whatever Charles Dance's character did to get into prison is, like, this horrible atrocity that, like, he can't ever speak of. Um, yeah, yeah, again, like, making it all worked up. So yeah, like, like, you're thinking, like, oh, like hope clearly this guy, like, slaughtered a village of children during, like, some weird war. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever the situation was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking like some weird doctor stuff, like, you know, doing experiments on living patients, cool shit like that. Like something you would want to see a doctor in prison for, but like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we continue on, uh, again, getting back to where we were, uh, Dylan saves Ripley from, from some traumatic rapage and she's kind of like pissed and, and runs off and, um, you know, is essentially just carrying on with the scene. Um, and we kind of skip ahead to where there's there's three dudes in a tunnel. Uh, and we saw these dudes earlier in in the lunch scene with Ripley. And we didn't really talk about it then, but I'll just briefly, briefly note it now. Um, that two of the dudes hate the third dude they're with. Um, there's like two guys that are like, oh, this one dude, he like always smells terrible. And he's kind of creepy and weird. And we don't like him. But uh, they have to work together. And, uh, you know, they, they do, like, the rounds, I guess. I'm not even really sure what they're doing. They're, like, going through and, like, No, it's just such a confusing, yeah. so, so confusing. Like, just trying to track, like, the motion and action of the scene is, like, boggling. It's so yeah. unnecessarily confusing. Like, what is happening? They don't really <laughs> so, like, the explain what time... they're doing. No, and, yeah, exactly. But there's they're also this, stuff. like, almost unnecessary like, character exploration of these guys. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of, like, digging into, like, their histories, like, who they are. I don't really understand it, because you never see them again after this. And oh, we, yeah. we didn't really talk about them before. We just know that, like, there was a little foreshadowing that they don't really like their third wheel. It's like, the two dudes are friends, and they have, like, a crazy guy with them. So, they go into the tunnels. Um, and they have, you know, I wrote down this because I thought it was cool. They have these, like, cool torches. They're, like, these weird, like, giant sparklers. <laughs> Oh yeah, Which no, I, that was, like, that was I a loved cool that. I remember loving that as a kid when I first watched this, and like thinking, yeah. like, so cool. Like I need that. Um, um, and uh, they're using candles. They're like lighting candles and setting them on the ground to like mark their path through the tunnels. Which yeah, I, I have a lot of problems with this. A, why do they? Why are they anywhere where they don't have a map? Or like, yeah. who built this place that like it's so freaking confusing? That, like, like lab- labyrinthian or whatever. The people work there can't do their job. Like, that sounds Yeah, crazy. how long have they been here? You know what I'm saying? Like, they obviously have been here for, like, a long time since, like... Their life. Their it... whole life. Um, and yet, like, they can't, uh, they can't figure out their way around. It's just, it's, it's really weird. Like, the, the cohesion with, like, what's going on and, like, how things work in the real world doesn't translate very well. Um, but they're they're lighting these candles and they're setting them on the ground. And again, why don't they just have little torches or like a little LED light that they set? Why are they why are they using like <laughs> can't, you know what I mean? Like why are they using a, an item that it will eventually burn down to nothing? 
like yeah. in a reasonable like, amount of time, not like in days, like in a, in an hour, <laughs> like in an hour. Because dramatic make- effect, we need yeah. movement to see the freaking xenomorph. Which, oh, yeah. by the way, they call it an alien in this movie, which is the first and only time they ever refer to it as an alien That's in any of the movies. Uh, but again, just everything about this scene, including like how dumb it is they're using candles in this place that they at this point should definitely know. Like it's so confusing. It's hard to track. Like they're and for like the fifth time in this movie, like I wrote down in huge letters like Dutch angles. Stop. Like no more Dutch angles. Like it's oh, it's so busy and confusing. Like oh, just and again, also like unnecessarily gross when they are inevitably killed in this tunnel. Like yeah, and. Uh... No, I mean it's it's obvious they're going to die. Like as we're entering this scene, like again they're they're telegraphing this from like a mile away. Like you see yeah, that, that like, light blinking off in the distance. Um, yeah. You know the, the the two normal dudes and then their crazy friend are in this tunnel, right? And like one dude, he, you know, he gets grabbed and killed, like as they're going through, and then the other normal guy gets killed, and the crazy guy escapes. Um, but something I wrote down here because. And actually, I don't remember if this happened in the previous ones, but did the aliens always have human teeth? Uh, no. I mean, they had... The thing is, like, it's closer to that. Like, it's not that far off. They were, like, flat. Which doesn't make much sense. Like, flat in the front with incisors and stuff. But, like, mm. that, I think... <laughs> there's, like, a whole thing on that, too, in the lore. <laughs> like, of what... No, seriously, like, of, like, how their teeth develop. Yeah. Based on what they came out of, because like well, the alien and Prometheus, ox, so or a dog, whichever, whichever version. Yeah, you whichever saw. version you watch. But yeah, I mean, like all of them kind of have human teeth because, as we saw in Prometheus, they all share a common human ancestor. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, you know, I, I, they really focus on it in this shot. Like they are like in this thing's grill, and like, hey, look at my teeth, and they're like super white. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, and everything, if, if you're unfamiliar with the uh, with previous Alien films, uh, th- this one's just as juicy. Like, everything's, like, wet. Oh, it's, it's, like, it's arguably juicier. <laughs> like, why is it so wet? I don't understand. Like, is it just constantly secreting, like, goo? I don't know. It's because H.R. Geiger is a freaking masochist. Yeah, <laughs> or, sorry, sadist. He's a sadist. No, We're masochists for watching it. <laughs> um... But yeah, and you were like, there's like, there's some hard Dutch angles in this film, in which, again, those of you unfamiliar with that, that's uh, when the camera tilts, and it does like that, like, wombie, tilty, it was very, very popular in the late 80s and early 90s to do this. It's, it was popular for way, way too long, and serves no purpose. Well, in, it, you know, like, it, it serves the purpose of creating like a dramatic shot, but... Yeah. Used sparingly, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like it's definitely diminishing returns. We're gonna we're gonna actually talk about this because it actually gets worse later um, mm. with the series of scenes. But um, something that, and I'm not faulting Fincher for this. I don't know who was responsible for like the editing of this. I do know because um, it's written in a lot of places that this film was re-edited after Fincher decided what he wanted for the final film for the theatrical release. Um, oh, absolutely. It, it That's what caused him to disavow by, it. Yeah, it caused him to disavow it. caused a lot of the people that worked on the film and put like a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to, to polish this turd. Um, so, <laughs> uh, that, like, and all, all kinds of other weird fluids. Like, like dumped 
as it was uh, essentially recut for for the theatrical release. Um, which and I think is why a lot of these shots and a lot of these like weird angles and then like hallway shots don't really work because they're not really giving us any information. They're not really building the suspense because it there's nothing suspenseful happening here. Like you know what's happening. Um, you know, it's not like about to jump out of a corner. Like the alien's already killing people. Like it's fighting people right now. Like as the scene's going on, but it keeps yeah. like, jumping back and forth to like these hallway shots of um, of the one guy. I, I don't remember the character's name, but he's like the crazy friend running away. Ah, uh, it's Garlic. Garlic, yeah. It's it's garlic. Ugh. <laughs> it's garlic. It's it's actually garlic from Dragon Ball. Yeah, that's right. That's secret reference. <laughs> um, I don't, Deep just, cut. <laughs> yeah. Does, it doesn't really, it doesn't help the film at all. No. Um, <laughs> this film does not help itself at any point, basically. No, there's a couple, actually, again, I'm not, like, I'm, we're, we're being a little too hard on it. Like, there are some, there are definitely some mildly redeeming scenes in this, but this is definitely not one of them. No, not at all. But that guy, that guy gets away. And uh, we see the alien kills everybody else. In the tunnel, the other two guys. Um, and we kind of, we get to a scene here with uh, Ripley resurrecting Bishop. Like, she's got him on a table, and she just plugs a couple things into Ugh. him. Because apparently she's an electrical engineer and a robotics expert. Hey, um, she's got to be. All right, yeah, keep in mind, her first job was uh, was on a, a, a mining vessel. vessel. Yeah, she knows this uh, stuff. She, she does. She was recruited. She's a lieutenant, man. She's got to know this stuff. There you go. Um, well, who knows? Maybe in the super future where they don't have cell phones, uh, everybody knows robots like the back of their hand. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's true. I mean, like... Um, and, you know, as we were saying earlier, they just add to the drippiness of Bishop here. Like, he's like... Oh, it's so he's gross. Like, like, gooing up the Gurgling. Table. Yeah, like, what the Ugh. fuck is going on here? How much goo is inside of this guy? It's just spilling Ugh. out. It's like the pulsating and seeping. Yeah. Oh, God. Really weird. So rough. Um, and I know it's, it, like, he's supposed to be gross, and I don't know if it's supposed to be sympathetic for him, but... He's you do, because he has, like, the most pathetic line ever, where yeah. he's like, I'd rather be nothing. Like, oh, God, that's yeah. depressing. But he's a computer. Like, he's not supposed to have human emotions. Uh, he is sentient, though. The thing is, android, not full-on uh, robot. He is an android. You know what I mean? He ha- yeah. Uh, Ugh. What, Ugh, what did they do Ugh. after this? What, do you know what the next scene is? Yeah, yeah. Next scene is uh, basically the, uh, yeah, like... Bishop confirms that there was indeed a facehugger on the escape pod. Okay. Like, yeah. Ripley loses her shit, tries to tell everybody that we need to, like, find it and kill it. Nobody fucking believes her. Uh, and then they, that's and when they start... why would they? There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Why would anybody yeah. believe? You know? This is, uh... We, at some point, we kind of we glossed over it, because it wasn't really that big of a focal point until now. They had, like... They had some communications with the Wayland yutani Corporation... That's sending a ship for Ripley. Like, as soon as they heard she survived, they very suspiciously were like, we'll be there right away. Like, keep her isolated, blah, blah, blah. And, like, at this point, like, she's flipping out that, A, this facility has no weapons, which, again, it's a... I don't understand why she's so surprised. It's literally a penal colony. Like, they're not going anywhere. Like, you don't need to... (laughs) really goes after them about this. Like... I don't know, she's like flipping out, she's like, you don't have a single gun? Where's the gun? Give me gun! You know what I mean? She's like going nuts about it. Yeah, she like loses her shit, it's like, lady, you're in a prison. (laughs) Like, there's no guns, like, because no one can go anywhere. Like, Which I I get, but I'm actually personally surprised they don't have any weapons, but, you know, who knows. 
Um, so also, so Ripley's telling them like, "Hey, uh, there's an alien here. We got to do something about it." Um, of course, again, you know, they don't believe her. Um, she, she sort of comes up with like some corroborating evidence, and I don't know why they don't they don't like buy it. Like, obviously, she was like looking at the bodies before. People have been like getting murdered in weird ways. Uh, there's like creepy stuff going on around. Like I, I feel like yeah, the skepticism doesn't make any sense. It's well, like I understand that they're like skeptical the about it, but they, they're just like you're an idiot. Like shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the immediate response. Like don't tell me about what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like don't tell me things. Like yeah. nobody wants to hear it. And it's like we <laughs> we're busy. We got to figure out what killed this. The cup up with your crazy stuff. We got to figure out what killed our like dude that we now know is dead. And this one guy came, comes back like covered in blood that they all like tackle. Yeah, and they just presume he murdered everyone. Which again, um, you know, he is a psychopath. It's yeah, sad that he's, like he's a crazy person who apparently like murdered a bunch of kids or something. I think they say. Something like that. It killed like a whole family. Some yeah. something killed archetypally psychopathic. Family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Fun character. Fun character. Ugh. He's actually he's like a really pathetic character at this point because oh, so like, terrible. It's implying that he has like you know some sort of like mental illness where he's kind of just like bobbing around like and he was doing. That he's been all right. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been like all right, but this like put him over the edge and he's back to crazy and they have to like lock him up there in the uh, infirmary. Yeah, we're <clears throat> access to all kinds of things that can kill people. Yeah. And then we get to... Oh, God. The uh, the the bulk of the infirmary scene. We get the long-anticipated reveal of Clemens' like, terrible past misdeeds. Oh, God. Yeah, please Which is... <laughs> Drumroll, he got drunk and messed up some surgeries. That's literally it. Like, yes. Oh, no, sorry, not drunk. He was on morphine. He did too much morphine and, like, messed up some surgeries. Yeah, it's literally he, like, that. Yeah, over-prescribed somebody a painkiller. Yeah, it was about it. Like, what, I'm sorry, you're right. It wasn't even surgeries. It was literally just because he, like, he, like, messed up the amount of painkillers this person was yeah. supposed to get. And, like, a couple people, like, a couple people died. Like, Which, I mean, tragic as it is. Yeah, absolutely. But this happens is, like, every single day. He's literally just talking about malpractice. You and, know what I mean? That's well, it. <laughs> like, malpractice was like kind of a big issue in the eighties. Like I remember growing up and like Oh dude, like, this there is was fresh off the Brian White minutes. thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, keep in mind, this is fresh off like the first little poor innocent white kid that got AIDS because of a transfusion. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's fresh off that stuff. Like Medical so still a sore subject. Extremely popular. Uh, boogeyman for a lot of movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. This was around the time when I think it was um. Oh, I don't want to forget his name. The guy that wrote Coma. Uh, and uh, all those medical thrillers. Oh, this is gonna bother me. Uh, I'll come back to it. But right. the like the story <clears throat> where the guy is like, you know, in like he's alive through his surgery. You know, like that's. They made a movie of it recently with like James Franco or something like that, like a couple of years ago. But like, yeah, it's that was like that was a big again, it was a big boogeyman back then, like like messed up medical stuff. Which is why, again, I was expecting more out of like considering the time, I was definitely expecting more out of Clemens like crazy misdeeds. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, they set the bar really high for that. They they really did. did I think deliver. this reveal just I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily criticizing the writers with this because i mean it is a bit of a reveal and we do kind of see that 
like it kind of actually almost builds up to like the sympathy you have for his character. That, oh, okay, well he wasn't that bad of a yeah, guy. Yeah, it makes him like, good. They, exactly. They insinuated yeah. that like oh he murdered a guy and or like killed some guy like in like a hot blooded moment like maybe he was in a scuffle. You know what I mean? Like they sort of yeah. insinuated or something like that, but. Um, you know, now we find out, well, he just accidentally no, they con aired him. <laughs> and that sucks. Um, yeah, they con aired him. He was a yeah. good guy. <laughs> Killed somebody by accident. And yeah, we, we get say it. was a good guy because it's actually immediately oh, yes. after the scene he gets killed. Um, as he's telling the story, like, we see in the background, like, an alien's, like, dropping down, like, onto a bed. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I can't for the life of me figure out how these, this damn thing's so fucking sneaky. Um, like, it's not yeah, small. It's, it's like, like a yeah, seven-foot-tall no. monster. Yeah, and it's like again, it's, it's like big. It doesn't blend in with the background in this perfectly lit room. Like, yeah. uh, oh, this is yet another scene that again was edited down because in this again insanely gross movie, there are things that are too gross to have made to the final cut, and this scene of him of Clemens getting plugged in the head by the little mini mouth yeah. was cut down cut down was it for cut out of the grossness it was cut out of, oh no cut. yeah no even the director's cut it was way more in depth like oh, it was really? way like it's basically the same one in the, in the theatrical okay um but yeah it was it was cut down because like it was supposedly like way more vicious which again i can't imagine like how much grosser it could be it's literally just like plunging the Minnie Mouth into his head and exploding out. Like, I don't understand, like, how many frames you had to cut out of that to, like, make it less gross. Like, I... It, yeah. It, it's... It just, it's bewildering. <laughs> well, it's kind of an undignified end for... Oh, absolutely. For, for this for character that we've now, character. like... Yeah. Um, that, the like, guy just gets, like, a hole punched in his head and he dies. And Ripley's just like, oh, shit. And, like, takes off. Um, and, and runs. Like, sprints down the halls. To, uh, to warn everybody um, that the alien's there. And I also want to just make a note here, because it's actually going to come up again later as an important um, story piece. Uh, the uh, the crazy guy who was locked up in the infirmary, the one that was in the tunnels earlier and escaped from the alien, it sees mm, Dalek. him. Dalek. So yeah, Dalek sees him again. Not to get confused with the Daleks. <laughs> a little bit of... A little oh, bit of there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, but he kind of sees it, and he, like, reveres this thing, because, like, obviously, he's he's a crazy person, um, and I don't know, maybe this is, like, like a weird red dragon reference. I, like, honestly, yes. Does it kind of feel thinking, that way to you? I was just going to say, yeah, okay. yeah, where he's... Also, key part here, before we get too, too far ahead, we notice, like, in a very, very undignified callback to, like, both previous movies where Ripley has a face-to-face moment with this thing. This time, it gets close to her, drips on her, does the nasty thing, and then, like, very intentionally leaves her alone. And we're like, whoa, what's going on there? Yeah, it's the first reveal that, uh, well, for me, second reveal, because, like I said, I feel like it was painted pretty clearly. Yeah, absolutely. But um, uh, that, you know, there's something going on with Ripley that uh, the alien creature, the xenomorph, doesn't want to kill her. It wants to keep her alive. Um, I'm not really sure how it knows that, again, spoiler alert, <laughs> that there's an alien inside of her. I don't know how he knows It can that. smell it on her like yeah, like pheromones. Because yeah, <laughs> um, it doesn't even, have, doesn't even have a nose? Or is it just that whole big log? It's like a, a sensory... I, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's like a big schnoz. <laughs> 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 I, 
I I would love for one of the writers to come forward like decades later and be like, yeah, that was the nose. Like, how did you guys? That's the nose. That? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's nostrils underneath the back fold that I guess just never made it into any shots. But yeah, it was there. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, and I also just just a quick mention um, because I'm a big fan of special effects, and I love a lot of special effects in the '80s and early '90s. I think a lot of times people were doing things with bare bones technology at the time, um, and I thought it was really awesome. But uh, not the case here. Uh, they have a nice CGI no. alien clipped in here, and uh, it's it suffers what a lot of films of this era suffer from, where it's so obviously not in the room with these people. Like it's so oh, God, obviously yeah. CGI. That it 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 borderline ruins the scene. Oh yeah, um, when it's like running away and like it like knocks over a like, table that it's like doesn't lit differently it's than everything so else. Poor. In the room. And it's like it's like moving through the floor. You know what I mean? It's like oh. in early video games when like dudes' feet would like disappear into like the, the ground. Uh, it's kind of like that. <laughs> it it's clipped really, out. Yeah, yeah, it's like clipping through the scene. It's really weird. It's literally um, Duke Nukem level <laughs> uh, yeah. graphics. Very, very bizarre. But, you know, I mean, I guess for, what, 92? Uh, probably probably yeah, 91 yeah. when they were actually putting it together. Um, it was kind of cool. Um, not very successful, though. No. Uh, so, as I said, uh, Ripley runs away, leaving the crazy guy in there to get murdered by the alien, which he does not get murdered by, but I'm assuming she presumes he will be. Um, yep. <laughs> has zero concern. Like, uh, hey, the alien's here, and the, the warden kind of wrangles everybody up and he's like Ripley you're a liar no one believes you you're an idiot obviously <laughs> again <laughs> for, for whatever reason he just refuses to listen to what she has he's like no way <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know dramatically it bursts through the ceiling and grabs this dude by the head yep. and like shreds and there's blood everywhere his guts are flying out um, pretty graphic murder yep yeah <laughs> just um, Arguably, also the, probably the most comedic murder of the whole movie. Yeah, they kind of say it's almost like uh, what's his name getting eaten off the toilet in Jurassic Park. Same era. Yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. Ninety three that came out. Like everybody was into like weird yeah. deaths, like weird sudden deaths. deaths. Hey, that yeah. carried hey, on all the way sudden into death. great movie. <laughs> hey, um, there's also one. Also, early nineties. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh wait, oh that's he's climbing around. That's that's Pittsburgh too, isn't yeah, it? It was. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, climbing around the top. Of, okay, no, we're getting. Yeah, I could go on about that here. forever. We're, we're about time. Great film, sudden death. Um, so now, obviously, now everybody believes this creature is here. Yeah. Um, like they saw it. They saw it murder their ward. Pretty funny yeah, reaction shots kinda, from the inmates here. Yeah, everybody's kind of like got that really stereotypical, like freaked out face. It's it's good. It's good. Uh, they they shot this well. Um. So, so speaking we, of good shots, the next scene has arguably the best shot in the movie. Um, when they start to they they decide to try and gas the alien out. Yeah, tell by them. dumping yeah dumping they, the plan is to dump gas into the ventilation system, which again plays a very large role in like the architecture of this place and where they assume it's hiding. So the the plan is to gas it out and that they were all going to like go through these absurdly confusing tunnels and set up a, a system to do so. So, yes, by a bunch of dudes walking around, a bunch of inmates, like laborers, walking around with highly flammable gas and these super techno torches, 
the inevitable happens and uh, a guy is like attacked by the alien and pulled up and like drops uh, his torch into a puddle of this gas and uh, it has this really dramatic slow motion shot of the torch hitting it in this what's funny is that shot is actually completely unintentional it's because it was like a mess up in the camera and it was like in full distortion and it was for whatever reason they got like really high fidelity slow motion shot out of that and it was so good that it made it into the final cut and it was directly referenced in Prometheus. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, it's it, it was, uh, but yeah. So uh, well, the something shot. good coming out of that. It is. It is genuinely a great shot. It is like honestly, I I put like it surprised me how good that shot was in the context of like how terrible so many previous shots were. Well, and speaking of terrible previous shots, we glazed over, like, a big portion of this. There's a lot of preparation leading up to the shot of guys just, like, moving around. Oh, just so much. Like, it's so busy. Yeah. It's so like, unnecessarily like, busy. Just, like, fidgeting. Like, people, like, doing stuff, and I don't really understand it. It doesn't add anything to the movie. It's not really building the characters. Um, yeah, it just it, it feels really weird. Like, considering how heavily edited this was later, that these scenes made it in here are... Unbelievable. Um, I uh, don't really understand it. Actually, speaking of that, I forgot I wrote, uh, it's a really good Home Alone montage there. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and also in the scene, I, I also have written down here, it was really nice of The Matrix to uh, to let this movie <laughs> borrow its, its look seven years before it came out. <laughs> yeah. I like know, dripping gonna, bald people. Dripping shaved people in like a weird dystopian. Ugh. Yeah, it's ugh. actually like anytime it shows the outside world, outside of the like little prison building, um, you you would be forgiven if you mistaken it for uh, the world that they show in uh, Matrix. Yeah, like the surface of the Matrix. Yeah, honestly, I have to say I like like the 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 exterior shots in this movie are so good that it's like. I like it better than the Matrix ones. I mean, that might be that might be like me disliking the Matrix movie, poisoning my like objectivity on that. But I do love the exterior shots so much in this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you know that's sort of the theme of this movie is that there's some stuff that's really great and like really well thought out, uh, and then there's a lot of you know the bulk of it is really poorly thought out. Um, yeah, I mean, Charles Dance play. has been on the record saying like. And many people involved in it actually yeah. continue to say on the record there's a much better movie buried in this movie, and I have yeah. to agree. Absolutely, uh, you know, it's, it's evident like right away. That... Oh, yeah. also before I get too before we get too far ahead and I stop wearing them, you and I both had said something about this. Those terrible, terrible sweater t-shirt combo oh things. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! I can't stand them. It's so bad. It's so. So 90s, and as a total like non sequitur here, I've been watching Friends. I don't know why. Don't ask me why. But I've, and it's just like that whole okay. and Friends came out around exactly the same time, and it's like that yeah, started t-shirts tucked into like baggy pants with that like long, not quite baseball cut baggy shirt. And it just makes me so angry. Yeah, that was the look. Oh, man. It's so bad. The, I think so actually bad. most of the costume design in this film is. It fits for whatever this weird, like, dystopian steampunk 
like lead mill planet is doing. Like it somehow fits in that environment. But yeah, considering the rest, like this isn't like a standalone film. Like there is a whole set of like lore and backstory. Yeah, this is a fully fleshed out just, universe. Like, completely ignored by by the character design here. And I mean, yeah. I, you know, I think the characters mostly are written pretty well. Um, you know, I think they were edited poorly, as we've already said. But absolutely, you know, like the the set design is cool, and I think the costumes work in that environment. But yeah, it's you know, very much a product like of its the time, previous though. films, like Space Age. Like people were in like kind of more like sleeky, well, still like ninety well, versions of spacesuits. But that's it. Um, did have a sort of beat down, rundown version of that, so yeah, it is bit, understandable in that realm. But this is like far. What's it like? Tattered, several like, shades further. Like weird sweatshirt gear on. You know, I just Ugh, I don't know. God. It doesn't really follow. It's rough. Um, it is rough. <laughs> well, you know, actually. We failed to mention this earlier, and I'm just going to add it as a footnote here. Uh, they mentioned that the prison population used to be, like, thousands of people, and now there's only, like, a handful of people left. Yeah, like, 25. Yeah, 25 mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah. People left. So they don't they don't really go into detail why. Um, I don't know. Do you oh, it's being decommissioned. Saying? Yeah, it's yeah, like they're they saying because they decommissioned the forge itself. Mm. Yet it's still running. Things. Yeah. Again, it's the 90s. Every factory runs still forever. was just a Sparks factory. Yeah, it runs forever. <laughs> Doesn't matter if people are there. Somebody should have told Detroit that. Uh, oh! Uh, yeah, sorry everyone from Detroit. Uh, I love you guys. <laughs> Great city, but, you know, you had some economic hard times, and unfortunately it's the butt of some jokes. Bears live in your abandoned houses, okay? I'm not going to let that slide. <laughs> Someday we're going to have a segment called jokes about detroit um, <laughs> it's called but, it's called beverly hills cup anyway yeah um uh, there was, <laughs> i remember growing up and there being like stories of like a tiger or something wandering around detroit i don't know if that was like real or if i made it up but i feel like well, that was a thing that's hey i mean the same thing happened in ohio a couple years later you know what i mean like maybe that we was... just have depressed midwest towns uh, there's bound to be a tiger somewhere I I don't question that at all. Like knowing the people that we know and have grown up with that are like on the border of the Midwest, it fits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we had this uh the slow motion scene um where you know fire gets set off, it blows up. A um, bunch of people get like messed up from that. Um, I think a couple people die. A couple people get screwed. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them are. A couple after the explosion, alien gets one or two of them. It's yeah. just well, the, the guy drops it and the alien kills him. Like he's like trying to like pick up his little torch and it like strikes his face and kills him, and then he drops yeah. it. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it kills like a couple other people in in these few scenes. Um. But anyway, then they get the idea to trap it after that, which yeah. seems to work. Yeah. And while the very little, yeah, trapped in that like massive uh, waste storage room or whatever, we get to uh, we get the little bit of interaction between Ripley and Aaron, the new like the second in command that's now first in command because the warden's dead. This very very what? dumb guy they call eighty five. They manage to trap it, right? Yeah, like oh yes, they dude, do like, absolutely, like, and they leave in there and essentially suicides with it. And yeah, everybody stands outside and they close the door, and everybody stands outside and listens to this dude get killed. 
And it's yeah. like this like ten seconds of just a guy screaming and everyone kinda like yeah. looking at each other like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> like, you can just kinda like feel like somebody yeah. like popping their car a little bit, being like yeah, letting some steam out, like <laughs> Let's all just pretend we're not hearing this. It's like when you hear your neighbor <laughs> fighting. Like your neighbor's not like, <laughs> arguing in the apartment next to you and you're just like, mm, what should I say? You mentally you decide <laughs> like it's probably best not to call. Yeah, I'm not gonna get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, continue uh, on with 85 and his little ah, story. Ah, yes. Uh, 85's insistence that they wait for the glorious saviors of Whale and Yutani Corporation to come and save them. Um, in the meantime, Ripley decides, considering how she's still feeling terrible and uh, deciding she can't write that off to uh, hibernation like sickness, like leaving hibernation too quickly, as she had supposed, uh, Go ahead, goes ahead and uh, gets into the escape pod's uh, medical scanners, and uh, her and Aaron discover there is, in fact, a alien queen like living inside of her, like a smaller one that isn't your traditional facehugger variety. It's a queen, and it takes longer to gestate and like has more to do with the host. Yeah, which is why we discover why the fact that uh, the alien hasn't been attacking her. Yeah, because I think there was another and, uh, scene, actually, when they were, like, running that, like, ran up on her or something, or does that happen later? Well, anyway, that it's, happens, it's that's the, it, it won't the scene after this one. Yeah, it's, that's, she really tests that after uh, Aaron gives the update and says that Whale and Yutani will be here in two hours, and in that meantime, our crazy character, Golic, decides he needs to come face-to-face with his dragon savior uh and kills the one guy the single guy that's guarding the the room uh well, he convinces that guy to like undo his shackles like that guy just like lets him go he's like okay you're my buddy and like i guess like maybe they're both like not the sharpest tools in the shed and um we also there was actually a weird scene earlier where Golic is like he implies that he's not crazy at one point or he's like... Yeah, he's like, I'm good now. I'm back. I'm, yeah, I'm he's fresh. like, sometimes you have to act crazy so, like, they don't realize how crazy you really are or something like that. Um, yeah, it's he's weird. It's Some throwaway it's line like It's almost like, like they unnecessarily, like, try to make him, like, a big deal character. Because he is the device for a lot of things that happen. Yeah, he is our uh, but, alien ex machina. <laughs> yeah, but the, the way they, they put it together, just, I don't know, it's just sloppy. We'll it just was. chalk it up before editing. Yeah, as we can with so much in this movie. Uh, so yeah, they have a singular person guarding this door, which is absurd because if it gets out, it's going to kill everyone anyway. So I don't know why you wouldn't just have everyone in front of that door till Whale and Utani gets there. But um, so yeah, our our alien is let out. We're uh, we're introduced to the fact that Whale and Yutani is on the way, two hours, they, they've stepped up their timeline, they really need Ripley, and they need the alien that's growing inside her, because they're obsessed with this thing, and have been since the second movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ripley decides she's about to really just go, just push this to the limits and try and get this thing to kill her, and like, fight it, mm-hmm. and Fun fact, this scene, I've said fun fact multiple times now, all right. Uh, it is a fun Interesting fact, fact if you will. Um, this scene is actually, it's where she goes down to the basement and, like, yet another 
unnecessarily gross shot when she destroys that pipe and all those disgusting oh bugs go out. Oh my god, why? That's so gross, like, so well, exactly, gross. it's so gross. But the thing is, Ugh. that scene, uh, Fincher was told explicitly not to shoot that. Like, so he took Sigourney Weaver and, like, a bare-bones crew, like, literally just a sound guy, a camera, Sigourney, a pipe, and, uh, I think Tom Woodrow or Woodruff, the guy that plays the alien, down to a basement and shot this, like, without studio permission. So sort weird. of, again, sort of, again, like, just really accident the fact that, like, they were at odds so much, and the studio interfered with this movie so, so much, because, you know, new director, and they can just take advantage of them, as they did. Well, yeah, but, I mean, given that, like, they were obviously, like, this was already a very, very successful franchise. Anybody who was alive enough, or at least, uh, you know, old enough to remember this film, like, coming out. Like, this was a big franchise. Like, there were toys everywhere, and there were comics, and there, I think there was even, like, a, was there a TV show? I don't know. Um, but. I don't know. Like, this was a big deal. Like, this, this series of films. Um, and I, I mean, I guess they were obviously just interested in capitalizing on it. That's why they made this movie. Absolutely. Uh, Which is why, yeah, they would have made it without Ridley Scott or even his blessing or permission. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or James Cameron. Again, like, both yeah. people that made the previous two movies, wildly successful, like, like staple of the genre movies, both of them disavowed it, and they still went ahead with it. That should be enough of an indicator. Like, everyone of any kind of, like, sci-fi credentials that had anything to do with this like despised it completely washed their hands of it like well you know what i'm actually i'm curious uh if there's any other like film trilogies or sequels out there that have like such an all-star list of like three amazing directors having worked on them that's an excellent that's that's definitely i mean it's worth looking into. I mean, uh, obviously, Rush Hour, the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. No, uh, I wanna, that's, that's a good point. That's definitely worth something to look but into. But I mean, like, like Ridley Scott, is great work. James Cameron. Phenomenal. Incredible the best body one. of work. And, you know, David Fincher, even though this was, like, his first, like, real film, uh, you know, went on to make, like, some of the better films that we know of. Uh, Absolutely. One of the top ten directors in the past. was his next film after this, and, like, while that... I'm not... Yeah, I believe so. Film, like, I don't know, but, like, it did get a bunch of some of his later work, but, like, he went on to make, like, amazing films. And just that those three like, people happened to work on this trilogy. Generation-defining films. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very like, strange. Fight Club, like, obviously... Zodiac, like, the man was, the man's incredible, like, the social network, like, yeah, uh, I think I watched that when it came out, and I haven't watched it since, but, yeah, Seven, I think was his next one, 95, yeah, I don't don't know off the top of my head, but the point is just that all all these guys have worked on some really incredible stuff, and all of them have also gone back and said that this movie was a travesty. Yes, every single one of them. (laughs) uh, Yeah, after we get to the end here, uh, there's some very, very interesting revelations uh well, to do with what's happening now yeah, we're, we're so. sort of spinning out a little bit here yeah. uh, from the story and i think that's because i actually wrote down here in my notes um there's like a solid 30 minutes of just nothing happening oh god this it's movie just, is an it's hour like guys talking and people like walking through hallways and like 
being like, I don't know who to trust. I don't know what's going on. This alien, you know what I mean? Like it's it's all yeah, it's an hour dialogue, long, like, and it doesn't it doesn't really help the storyline. Uh, so I don't I don't really understand why why this is happening. And um, then we get to the only issue I have with Charles Dutton in this entire movie, and this is obviously and Ripley too, like Scorny Weaver and Charles Dutton in, in this scene. Oh, when, terrible! When he's it's, gonna kill her. Yeah, she, she it's asks so him to terrible. kill her because she uh, finds out the alien won't kill her. She knows she has a little alien inside of her, and she goes to, like, the only dude she can really trust at this point to, like, get shit done, because he's proven himself time and again, and, like, yeah, it's a weird scene. I don't really understand it myself, dude. It's, I have it written down. I have, like, different chunks of it written down, and I'm just like, what? What? Like, when he's like, sounds like bullshit to me, it's like, what? What sounds like, how? She's, like, telling you flat out, like, how can that sound like bullshit? And, like, why the unnecessary cynicism about that? And he's, like, says something like, you don't have to worry about that. Like, him killing her? Like, what, was he planning on it? Like, he's, like, I don't like losing a fight. Like, it's, like, who wrote the freaking yeah, dialogue he's for like, the scene? Like, like, he has some, like, weird, I don't know, like, loyalty to some idealism that we haven't really seen until this scene. Yeah, it's, like, so out of... conversation somewhere else about, like, his conviction as a person and, like, trying to, like, help people and, like, you know, take care of the big issues. And I don't know. Uh, I just, I feel like they didn't allude to it very well, if that is the case. Um, yeah, he says something about, like, let's kill it first and then I will have no problem killing you. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. I'll definitely kill you. Like, I, it's just, it's so unnatural and jarring and, like, doesn't yeah. fit. And, like, they're both, like, you can tell... They're both just phoning it in because they're like, this is ridiculous. Like, that's another one of those, like, very obvious studio note scenes. To his, uh, to his character's credit, like, uh, I mean, obviously he sees her as a potential weapon against this thing because it won't kill her. So he's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, like, I can use you as a tool to kill it. Because if I could, like, get you to, like, restrain it or, like, lead it somewhere, you know what I mean? And I, I guess, you know, that's that's probably pretty good writing for his character. But, yeah, this is, like, a weird scene. He, like, swings his, like, axe thing above her head like he's gonna like cut her head off he like makes her like back up against the wall and like face the wall yeah it was real weird real uncomfortable yeah (laughs) yeah it's really weird but like i don't know like why would you swing your thing like that like you could really damage it or you could really hurt somebody um you know what i mean i don't have ever (laughs) yeah a weapon. Slang it. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, my, uh, I don't little... slang a weapon or two my time. <laughs> Easy now. Uh, I've only spent selective time <laughs> in Appalachia. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Um, Just jarring so scene. He, he refuses to kill her. They're, they're going to try to build a plan to, to kill this alien again, because they already trapped it once. So, like, yeah. how can we do it again? I don't know. I guess they assume it won't fall for the same trick twice. Um, we also find out at this point, I think they have, like, two hours or something before... Uh, yeah, yeah, this up. was... Uh, yeah, like, right before... That was, like, uh, right while she was looking for the dude, that's when we found the updated timeline. And um, if you're watching the director's edition of this, the director's cut, um, this is about halfway through the movie. Yeah, so, it's so much more going on. Yeah, it's like a whole nother film that happens after this. I have so uh, many, my notes become really so weird. sparing through here because I'm just like, yeah. just dra- it's just dragging. It's going so slow. Like, well, in, in the film's defense, 
Uh, and a, a lot of people that worked on the film went back and said this afterwards, like in this director's cut where they were trying to uh, fix a lot of problems that occurred with the theatrical release. Um, you know, they're essentially working with like scraps at this point to try and add context to like why the movie is paced the way it is and the scenes going on in that theatrical cut. So a lot, a lot of what happens here in the next uh, the next half of the movie really um, is pretty dry, but but it's there to to try and add I I don't know some sort of pathos to to the ending. Yeah, it's just it's it's strange to see the final act of a movie take up one half of the actual playtime of the movie. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. it's it is it it is strange. Well, it, it, to add to the strangest, the movie also kind of goes through like like a transformation at, around this point. I don't know if it's exactly this point, but like we start seeing this alien a lot more. It's like it becomes like a main character. Now it's like another yeah. shot. Um, and there's a and scene also, of it straight up humping a guy. Yeah, it like, becomes one of the kills... like a weird funhouse horror show now. Oh god, where it's so before it was dumb. a lot more like lurky and you know, like it's gonna burst out of a corner at any second. Like anybody could could die yeah. any minute. And it becomes this like it's like chasing people. Like now it's like it's like running through the halls. It's like the axe murderer chasing you down the hallway or like through the woods. Um, not my favorite direction for where this went because I don't really think it it plays out with, like, the, the rest of every other Alien movie ever made. Um, it kind of just feels out of place for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that's that was my takeaway from it. Um, but essentially, we see that their, that their new plan is to lead the alien into one of the chambers where they dump the hot lead um, like for, like, their smelting operation or whatever it's called, uh, whatever this foundry is making. They're going to try to get it into one of these containers and then just dump molten metal on top of it. Like, that's... That's the plan. Um, very Solid plan, all things plan. considered. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not the worst plan ever. Um, but, you know, given the very confusing layout of this building, um, which, you know, still is confounding to me to this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand. I've, I've been a lot of factories in my life, actually. Um, I've worked no, in a lot see, of different operations. I think they needed... I've never been anywhere this confusing. Oh, but, good lord, no. The reason they, they spend so much time filming here is... Again, definitely part of the production, like, nightmare. Like, they spent, like, millions of dollars and six weeks of the production just building this freaking thing. Like, and they never made up the time during principal photography that they took while constructing this thing. So, like, they had to get their money's worth there. And they, good lord, did they ring it for everything it's worth. Yep, they rang that towel dry. Uh... So, as this is going through, like, the alien's kind of chasing people around, and they're sort of leading it through tubes, or tunnels, I guess, I keep calling them tubes. Uh, they're leading it through these tunnels, trying to get it to, to the other side of, I guess, the complex where this, like, lead dump is. And a lot of guys die here. Like, a lot of Everybody. <laughs> like, literally I, everybody. I want to reiterate this, because um, I guess we kind of skimmed this as well. Um, we said they have two hours till like uh, the Wayland company shows up and Ripley convinces everyone that when those guys show up, they're going to kill all the prisoners, right? Like that's like a huge plot element. <laughs> the, the whole rest of the film is based around the idea that they're going to die either way. So we might as well kill this alien in the process because, you know, they're going to use it as a weapon and we don't want them to do that. So Ripley sort of manipulates these guys 
uh, to sort of do her bidding here. It's kind of it's kind of strange um, the way that plays out, and I I don't know. It kind of like sat weird around because she doesn't really have any a evidence to support this. Um, I mean, I guess in the sense that she's like, my whole crew was expendable in the last film. Um, so maybe that's evidence, but for these guys, yeah, uh, it's anecdotal to them. You know, There's they no all they think they're going to get sure. rescued, but she's like, no, the company's going to kill you when they show up. Don't worry about it. They just want the alien. That's all they want. Um, so they're they're pretty jazzed about it. Um, and I I just want to make that point because I'm going to come back to it again later with something that really bothered me about this film. <laughs> um, so so yeah, these guys are are leading this alien through the tubes tunnels. Uh, trying to get it into the lead dump room, and a lot, of, almost all of them die at this point. Like people are dying left and right. They're getting chopped up. They're getting ripped apart. And there's all these like first-person alien views of it running. I, I think you said that it, it made you a little nauseous. It definitely made me a little nauseous. You're a person oh no, it's, who is not it's a fan so of like, disorienting. First-person camera. This is not for you. Uh, it, you can ugh. go ahead and skip this because it's actually it's not even instrumental to the story. Um, no, it's. <laughs> I'd say an active detriment. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so that they lead it around. I, I don't know. I think something happens in between here. Um, with uh, with the corporation show, like don't they? Oh yeah, uh, they're showing they show up. Them, like, they show look like somewhere? a. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, they're showing up at like the top. It shows them landing. And, like I wrote that they look like like Romstein's road crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they totally. <laughs> it's like. What everyone in the early '90s thought like sci-fi bad guys should look like. Yeah, like, big helmets, <laughs> big shoulder pads, <laughs> like backpacks and stuff. It's the entire so government from ET. <laughs> yeah, man. Ah, it's like aggravating to think that anyone would look like that in any situation. Um. So yeah, and again, this is happening parallel to them sort of dealing with this alien down uh, in this giant fire pit um eventually at some point uh ripley's grappling with the alien they're kind of like like fighting you know what i mean they're kind of she's like trying to yeah, drag it know. out yeah which is... it's really weird she's like yanking on it and again keep on this is like a massive monster that is like pulled like 300 pound men apart no problems easily and it's like struggling with like like a malnourished Ripley who's like just recently recovered from like massive head injuries and like bodily injuries. No, for, like her ship crashed like, I don't know, like a day ago, like the day before. And it wasn't like weeks ago. Like this all happened uh, in a very short span of time. Um, and it, uh, and she still has an alien queen baby yeah, inside her. She's like, like pregnant with her. a parasite. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. God, don't even say that. It's terrible. <laughs> Let's see my new band, pregnant with a parasite. Ugh hate that um <laughs> but yeah she she kind of gets it in the room and they manage to trap it and she's kind of trapped in the little room with her um uh, and i guess she's like trying to kill herself at the same time right she's like oh yeah i'm just gonna die with this thing like i'm gonna hold it here like and she's like yelling for them to like dump the hot lead on top of it um and what like doesn't dylan save her or something here yeah, he like does a valiant like I'll oh, take like it's fighting him while she gets out and it gets dumped on him or something and it's yeah, like, which she's gonna die anyway. Why? Yeah, did he, like, why did Dylan have to die? He didn't have to die. He could have survived. Yeah, it doesn't just, make it, any it, sense. Yeah, I think he was trying to like bitch out of his obligation to kill her or something. I have no idea. But I literally I'm just have no idea. She could have. You know what I mean? Like the plot. Story plot here is that they need to kill the alien. Ripley needs to die as well. 
It's not as dramatic enough. And again, since it is an early 90s movie, she has to fall from a height into a vat of molten whatever. Like, she Um, has to Terminator die. Yeah, it just, it's, I don't, I don't really understand because I like Dylan. I like this character. And I think that, I mean, you could have had him be like a spinoff character in his own series. Um, should, it's again. It's just, literally like, like it should have been no reason. like most of the deaths in this entire movie. Very unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, one uh, might argue the entire movie was unnecessary. Yeah, but that's... we're, we're going to touch on that in like our final thought here because uh, we're just about wrapping up with this. Um, he's like fist fighting it too, by the way. Uh, yeah, like, he's like he beating the crap out of it <laughs> like long enough to like hold this thing here. Uh, Ripley climbs out of the pit. They dump the hot lead on it. Yada yada. We know obviously. Dylan dies. Uh, we believe the alien gets killed here, right? Like, I mean, I don't know how hot lead has to be to melt, um, but it's glowing red, so I'm imagining it's like a couple hundred degrees, right? Like, thousand? I don't know. You know the melting point of lead? I do not. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google it real quick. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so at this point we have Ripley left. She's a survivor. Uh, and who's, who's the other guy? Oh, uh, the, the, what is his name? Like, Danny Webb's character, uh, who makes it to the end here? Uh, who is he? Um, I can't find it. Uh, yeah. Morse, Morse, it's Morse. Okay, there it is. So yeah, Morse is Morse, still around. Morse are still alive. That's it. Um, and the, uh, the assistant warden guy. I think he's still around, right? Yeah, Aaron. He's yeah, up at the top. Aaron. Like he's been like cozying up to Wayland Utani. Yeah, he's, like, he's leading folk. those guys to where Ripley and them are at. Um, mm. At this point, like he met up with the Utani Wayland Corporation. He's gonna lead everybody down here. Uh, and they're pissed at him because he didn't hold Ripley in like a cell. Like, and and you know what? On in their defense, like they're really confused about like what's going on. And I can I can kind of you know appreciate that. Like whoever wrote those characters that they're like why didn't you just follow directions um it's a really good question because all this would have uh, been avoided yeah we're we're gonna touch on that pretty heavily here um and i you know i just pulled it up the melting point of lead and this is actually a really important distinction the melting point of lead is 621 degrees fahrenheit or 327.5 degrees celsius um that's pretty hot now do you remember in the film was the lead boiling no, it didn't appear to be. It just seemed okay. liquid and molten. The boiling point of lead is 3,180 degrees Fahrenheit. Significantly uh-huh. hot. Yeah. So, we know it's pretty hot. It's, I mean, even 600 degrees, that's that's pretty fucking hot. Um, you know, uh, obviously it would kill anything. Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> uh, that was inside of it. Um, of course, you know... We know this isn't the end of the movie, though. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, kind of predictably here, the alien bursts out of the lead, and it's, like, glistening. It's, like, coated in, like, molten lead, and it's, like, red hot. Yeah. It's, like, glowing red, like, at this point. Yeah. Don't really understand it. I don't understand how this thing survived. Um, you know, like, does it have any open orifices that, like, this... I mean, lead's not light either. Like, lead's heavy as shit. It's like, you know, it, I think it ha- has, like, one of the, you know, heaviest gravities of any material. Um, it's That it's, sounds it's right. pretty weighted. Uh, but, yeah, somehow, it, you know, it swam through this and it climbed out, um, and it's alive. 
and it's coming for Ripley, and then, you know, it's it's slashing around, and uh, the other guy, Morris, there, um, he kind of yells to, to Ripley, hey, turn on the sprinklers, because it's, it's really hot. Uh, That's some quick, quick yeah, deduction. It's, it's quick thinking, freaking chemistry actually. there, yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit of thermo expansion here. Um, and it, I've actually, I kind of like this, because I think it's like a cool solution for killing this thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, you know, like, that was uh, one of the more clever it? points. Yeah, it's surprisingly clever for the rest of this film. Um, but Ripley, like, kicks the sprinkler, and it turns on, it, like, blasts this thing with, with ice-cold water, and it explodes. Like, its skid, like, pops. It's really creepy. Um, it like cracks and then like explodes. It's kind of neat. Yeah, um, of all the all the failures and otherwise in the other aspects of the practical effects in this movie, that was a like surprising success. Yeah, they they did a good job. There's a lot of really like surprise moments where like the special effects come through in like a solid way uh, in this movie. I think that speaks measures the fact that like it's a surprise when it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're uh, we're gonna finish up with probably the most confusing end to a film you've seen in a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the Wayland guys it, show huh? up, and of course, like as soon as the aliens dead, they like stroll into the room. Um, and they're like, "Hey, Ripley." Uh, I would you? say saunter. Another okay, saunter. Yeah, you're gonna take a saunter. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll chalk this up to a saunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sort of just come in, and they're like, "Hey, whoa, what's going on here?" Like uh, again, very confused as to to what's happening here. Um, and they want to take Ripley with them. Um, now they're kind of static. This conversation, I think. Um, what's the the uh, actor? It's Hendrickson, right? Uh, Lance Hendrickson, Lance absolutely. Hendrickson. Who's also um, Bishop? <laughs> yeah, who? A key I, point. Like, I think like he drives the Bishop thing home. Like he plays the android Bishop in the previous movie, and uh, as we saw fucked up earlier in this movie. Um, and he looks exactly like him, right? So she's kind of like Bishop. What are you doing? And he's like, No, I'm not Bishop. I'm uh, what's his name? Uh, they don't even say what his name is. It's just like the yeah, bishop is name, based says, off of the him. guy that that invented bishops android. Essentially, they sent me because I was a familiar face. You're gonna like me. He's like, I'm not an android. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry he, they, uh, so they, many they questions really from here on out. Like, hard that he is not an android. Uh, just so you know. <laughs> but then that makes <laughs> so many more questions based on that. Like, because yeah. uh, then Aaron decides to fucking up. wallop him. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Uh, he's really suspicious, though. Like, the whole time, you're like, come on, obviously this guy's up to something fishy. Uh, Ripley refuses to believe him. Um, you know, she's like, I-, I gotta kill the alien. Like, I can't let the corporation get a hold of it. Like, you guys are gonna use it as a weapon. He's like, no, we're not. We're just gonna save you. We're gonna get rid of it. Like, it's way too dangerous. I don't know. I mean, I'd probably believe him. <laughs> it was a compelling argument. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, at no point was he like, we're going to use it as a weapon. Um, even though that Until was all of a sudden he does. Yeah, like, which we'll get it, to. No, it, it, this we'll get to it. He just immediately likes that. Like, it's like a pivot point. He's like, oh, wait, no, psych. Yeah, like, come on, it's too valuable. Like, what? Like, nothing uh, well, really dramatic says, like, changed. like, we could use it for research. Like, there's so much to be learned. Which, again, I 100% agree with. Absolutely. Uh, that's like the find of the century, and Ripley wants to kill it. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a judgment call there. You know, like could the knowledge gained from this be worth the loss of life? I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe not. Uh, but anyway, uh, she doesn't want them to have it. There's a lot of dialogue here, back and forth. Um, you know, Ripley's kind of climbing out to where uh, Morse is. Uh, he's like on some like weird little pedestal thing. 
And she's like trying to get that, over there so they can escape. Um, yeah, the controls are like dangling yeah, above it's, this it's pit. Really weird <laughs> like, how that's set up. That's that, not that, a good place for them. Room for here, and there's like weird like chain link fencing everywhere. I don't know. Um, there, there's also, and I took note here. There's a guy with a camcorder. Like, oh yeah, like filming the whole thing. Yeah. like shoulder mount, like tape <laughs> like huge box one. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like riding around, uh, presumably filming things. But he sort of shows up here, and uh, the the uh, Hendrix's character like yells at him. He's like, "Stop filming!" <laughs> like, why did you yeah. bring the camera guy if you didn't want him to film? Well, it's for um, research until he's outed for being like you know yeah. clearly like out to screw over. Ripley, it's yeah, so apparently. it's so busy this scene. Um, the, the the outfits are really extreme here. Uh, oh yeah, I wrote down his scarf. Just I yeah, just wrote that like that's, just that's pretty weird. his scarf. Yeah. Uh, Worse gets uh, are uh, yeah. Some guy attacks. Uh, uh, the, it was Aaron. Yeah, Aaron yeah. sneaking around the back. Suddenly, one eighties, old yeah, eighty five. Well, he like, realizes like, that they're doing something shitty, and uh, you know he he hits. Uh, Hendrix's character, like, in the back, they have, like, a pipe or something? Like yeah. Like a hammer? And I don't know what it is. No, it's, but... a, it's like a spare pipe hanging out, and, like, rips half his skull off. Like, the, uh, like he has oh his ear and, like, ear and half his face are hanging off while he's still yelling that he's not an android. Yeah. Like, I'm not an android! <laughs> I'm not a droid! Yeah, really like... Um, it's worth if he's not, scene. he's in like insanely resistant to the fact that again his ear is like out on his face like i went back three times now to check because i like it's so confusing his head is all fucked up after that and he's still insisting he's not an android and if he's not that's super gross yeah it's uh it's pretty creepy um so i think did they kill did they kill aaron at that point no aaron runs off I don't oh, but think, he gets like, like, I shot think they, at. He gets shot, yeah. Or and, shot at. No, Morse gets shot yeah, in the Morse leg. Morse gets shot in the and, leg. And, you know, you're kind of like, oh, man, like, uh, they're all going to get murdered, right? Like, uh, this is the part where they kill the prisoners and, you know, take Ripley for their own devices. Um, but no, instead, uh, he just gets shot in the leg. And uh, at this point, Ripley does a trust fall right into the fucking hot <laughs> Um It's... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of weird. It's kind of like a weird shot. It's very Terminator 2-y. Um, yes, extremely so. Did that come out before this? I actually don't know. Um, I know. I don't believe it did. I think but, Terminator 2... Actually, I think it might have been the same year. I'm well, not even kidding. Like People are people are really into like falling into like industrial waste back then. Exactly. It's um, It was in like... Oh, it's 91. It did come out before. Yeah. yeah. Popular way to die in the early 90s. Um, you know what? Also, I, I wrote a note here because I thought it was weird. As soon as she falls in, the furnace is shut off. I don't know if you know. They do like an outside view of like the facility, and like the furnace shuts off. Who shut it off? Did Did Morse uh, shut it off? Did Aaron? I don't maybe know. Maybe Utani dudes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it does play uh, into that atrocious follow-up movie, but yeah. Um, really. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, immediately after she dies, like, everything gets better. Like, the the guys, like, shut down the facility. Um, they close the up shop. The sun comes literally. out? Yeah, like, the sun comes up, apparently. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, you know, like, a new day has risen. Um, it's very, very weird. Now, did uh, the Utani guys at Wayland, did anybody own this facility? Like, who owns it? 
Who's in charge? It's definitely like Will and Dutani owns everything outside of Earth, like all the all the Is like that, settlement okay. colonies, all the mining yeah. facilities, all the penal colonies. It's all owned by Will and Dutani. It's very weird. Well, they shut down the plant after this because um, apparently they uh, don't need it anymore. Maybe they, they didn't already. Yeah. yeah, they didn't already. It was just twenty five like random schmucks that were like all in like a weird cult. Yep. That like and didn't then, want to uh, leave this. And then they leave. <laughs> and that's the yeah. end of the movie. Uh, that's how it like, ends. Morse gives some shitty line, gets smacked by a dude and dragged off onto their ship. We have no idea what happens with him. Like Well, so this is this is actually my biggest pet peeve with this movie, and I've I've been eluding it uh the entire time we've been talking about this. Um 99% of this movie could have been cut out and could have been removed had they just been honest about what they were doing from the get-go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it doesn't It doesn't really make sense. Like, all the guys that died in the beginning probably wouldn't have, or at least maybe could have had better odds had Ripley been forthcoming that, hey, there was an alien murderer on our ship, like a crazy monster that killed everybody. Yeah. That and I've dealt with, like, twice now. It like, lives inside yeah. of people until it bursts out of their chest and kills everyone in the room. And sh- she keeps that information secret until, like, way longer than she should have. You know, after people have already been killed. Because, like, yeah, frankly, like, to if what they end? there was, like, something <laughs> on their planet, they could have shut down operations. They could have secured people. They could have, you know, prepared in a way that they could have trapped it maybe more efficiently back whenever it was like young or, you know, when it was smaller or fully developed. Um, but they didn't. Uh, and because of that, people died. Everyone, literally yeah, everyone, literally everyone. Well, more people could have been saved once they found out the corporation was coming to rescue Ripley when she's like, Oh no, they're not going to rescue you. Don't worry. They're going to kill you when they get here. So you should fight this thing. Everybody dies. Oh yeah. But at the end of the movie, they take more scenario with them. They didn't yeah. kill them. <laughs> They're like, we're no. going to help you. They're like helping him into like the med bay. Yeah. So they were going to save them. They were, they were never going to kill them. She so was doing it specifically so they were. She was <laughs> blind them the whole time. Like, because. Her like, lies and Dylan's fervor got everybody worked <laughs> up and literally everyone died when they could have not died. They could have been rescued. I don't know. Yeah. Was it worth it? They, I don't know. I don't know. No, I can tell you. Without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely not worth it, because it didn't even make for a good movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't mention this. I love the like the computer screen ending where it's like system shut down. You know, like it's like that. Oh yeah, typing like the green letters and the black background. <laughs> yeah, and it does like her initial recording, like yeah. the first. Yeah, it's, it's just. I don't know. I know they were like trying to like wrap it up, but uh, oh. Oof. That's rough. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's Alien Three. Um, I don't have much else to say about it. Uh, definitely my least favorite um, of the three initial films. Um, there, 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 you know, a couple shining moments again with uh, Charles Dance, Charles Dutton, Sigourney Weaver, great acting. Um, I thought a lot of like the tertiary characters, a lot of the guys that were uh, the prisoners on the colony, like some of them had some really great moments of like, wow, like. You're really selling this character to me. But, uh, you know, I don't think it was rescued from the poor editing, the the awkward transitions between scenes, the drawn-out hallway shots. Uh, just just didn't really do it for me. Yeah, it, there's just... It, you can, like I've said a couple times, you can 
blatantly see that it's stitched together like the film parts of the film that Fincher wanted to make and the parts that were like like shoehorned assembly or like just studio notes. It's so blatant at the thing. It's it's patchwork. It yeah. like there's not much consistency. And again, a lot of this goes to Fincher being a first time director and not knowing how to deal with a large production studio. But yeah, there's just so much that could have been done to make this a better movie. And again, like everyone that's ever had anything to do with it that's spoken about it after the fact says like, again, there's a much better movie hiding in here and it's a shame that we don't get to see it. You know, yeah. even the director's cut is still, again, it's, it's, it's patchy. It's like there's, there's some better stuff in it, but, and something we didn't really touch on, but I, I, I made note of a good couple times here. The score is not good. It is, no. it is not fit the tone. It like, no. it really, like, it's not doing any favors. I feel like this movie could have benefited greatly from an improved score. Like, I feel like that would have dramatically fixed the way it comes across. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I love good sound in a film. Um, and I, I think it's something that, you know, often as the viewer, like, we take for granted. Uh, but definitely did not in uh, in this in this installment. <laughs> um, no, it, it stuck uh, yeah, out. They, they, <laughs> they sort of you know missed the target here. Yeah, that is that is for sure. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to add? Uh, hmm. Mostly that again, I want more and more Charles Dance in everything. That's really my takeaway from this: is that Charles Dance should be in everything and <laughs> like <laughs> he's been in a lot of stuff uh, a lot of he has of yeah um, i have a newfound appreciation for him he's two for two with us i'll say that i'm, I'm hoping that's not an indicator and it's like we're not like explicitly trying to find secretly like, the terrible film <laughs> yeah this is the <laughs> dancing Charles with dance dance. rescuing films from like the pits of hell <laughs> <laughs> the poor man's alan rickman <laughs> this is Aww. Hey, he said it, not at me. <laughs> that's, that's true. He did say that one. Um, okay, well, uh, that's that's all I got. Um, that's been Alien Three. Um, you know, not uh, not Fincher's finest work, but uh, no, definitely. But his first work. <laughs> and yes, definitely an interesting start to a long and successful career. Absolutely. Um, all right. 